0: Well, happy Easter. All right, Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Well, welcome to New City Church's very first in-person Easter service. Uh, We're so thankful for, for if you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today. I know that we truly value each and every single one of you. Uh, We want you to know that you're loved and cared for from the time uh, that you enter into our parking lot really until the time you leave. Uh, and Just to give you a quick snapshot of who we are, uh, for those who may not know, our church has a bit of a wild story. Uh, We did our grand opening in January of 2020, right before COVID, which is a bit wild in itself. But we are where we are. Uh, We're here, we exist, because about 35 adults and 15 kids decided uh, to move from North Carolina to Tampa, Florida, uh, on the second half of 2019, because of the simple unified vision uh, we all have to see Jesus change lives and to reach the world. And to say it another, day, another way, because today is Easter, uh, we believe that Jesus died on the cross and three days later he rose from the dead. And we want the entire world to know about it. And we believe in the crucifixion and resurrection, the, the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus so much so Uh, that it has turned each of our lives upside down in an incredible and life-changing way. And because of that, we sold houses, uh, left jobs, friends, family, and moved to a place where nobody knew anybody so that others would know and see this incredible truth of Jesus, this good news of Jesus called the gospel, which we'll talk about extensively today. Uh, Now I tell you that, (laughs) not for you to think that we're a bunch of super Christians, because we're certainly not, uh, we're just a bunch of normal people with broken and messy lives that have been gripped by one truth. And it's that we desperately need Jesus. We're certainly not a church that has it all together. Uh, we, just don't, we just trust the only one who does uh, and who did have it all together. And his name is Jesus. And not only did Jesus, when he walked this earth, have his life all together, not only was Jesus a good teacher and a wise and a kind man, but Jesus Christ is God's Son who defeated sin and death, who died on the cross and rose from the dead, which is why we celebrate Easter today. Like the resurrection is a big deal. It changes everything. And so if you're not a Christian here today, or maybe you think uh, you've, got a few questions, maybe you've got a few questions about this whole Christianity thing, or maybe you're just not sure about any of it, uh, or maybe you're here today and your life maybe seems like it's in shambles. Uh, And maybe you're wandering and weary, and you just don't know where to turn. Or maybe you're like how I was growing up. I was in church from the time I was a baby, uh, and I really didn't like it. (laughs) Um, Christianity seemed like this boring thing I had to do. I'm like, what's the big deal? Who cares? Uh, And if any of this is true for you today, I hope that you'll listen up. Because if if Jesus truly died on the cross, and he rose from the grave, he rose from the dead... We have an incredible, life-changing and a life-altering truth that provides eternal and lasting hope that benefits us right now. But if Jesus died on the cross and then stayed dead and did not rise from the grave, Christians all over the world, including me, we should be laughed at. We should be mocked and we should be called fools. Like there's really no middle ground. <laughs> uh, there can't be. If it's true and we truly believe it, it's life-changing. And on the, flip t- on, the, on the flip side, if Jesus was not really God, if Jesus did not defeat sin and death by overcoming the grave, then Christianity is the biggest hoax of all time. It's either true or it's not. It can't be kind of or maybe, or uh, maybe be true. Uh, the stakes are way too high for that. And if it's true, it has massive implications for us, which we'll look at. And so this is what we're gonna do today. Uh, I know it's Easter, Uh, But I do want to address the skeptic in the room, uh, or maybe the person that's just not sure about this whole resurrection thing, just for a few minutes. And then we'll get into why the resurrection is just worth celebrating. Uh, The first thing I want to address uh, is that we can't, in good reason, say Jesus was a good man and a wise teacher, but then not God. As C.S. Lewis said, uh, Jesus is either who he says he is, He's either the son of God and the Lord of all, or Jesus is a complete liar and a lunatic. (laughs) Like if I told you I was the son of God, like Jesus claimed to be, you'd immediately be skeptical and you'd think I was a bit cuckoo. (laughs) Uh, There's no way Jesus can be a nice person with good teachings and be a good rabbi and not also considered uh, to be the God who created the world like he claimed to be. Jesus was either who he said he was as the Son of God and the Savior of the world, or he was the biggest con artist of all time. And two weeks ago, uh, my daughter's softball game, a fish fell out of the sky uh, and onto the opposing team's dugout. It was great. It was pretty funny. Uh, me and the other da- another dad saw it. A few others around us were talking about it. And two days later, uh, I brought it up to my daughter and my wife, I said, hey, like, do you remember uh, how that fish fell out of the sky at your softball game? Uh, and somehow they completely missed it. Like, I don't know how, uh, how they missed it and they didn't hear about it, but they completely missed it. Um, you know, I was hoping this would be a funny bonding moment for our entire family. But let me tell you, it really fell flat. Okay. Uh, and they started asking questions like, what? How did that happen? And I explained to them, well, a large bird uh, was perched up on the light pole, and, it fell, and a fish fell out of its mouth uh, and into the dugout. And they asked, well, did you see the bird? And I said, well, no. But I saw a large item. I did see with my own eyes. I saw a large item fall out of the sky, and I heard a thump uh, onto the ground. And then later the people in the dugout said it was a fish, uh, and some kid picked up the fish and he threw it away, and then another man looked up and saw a large bird perched up on the pole. Uh, and then you kind of put it all together, and it's pretty easy to logically conclude the fish fell out of the bird's mouth and down into the dugout. Uh, and, and, that, and, that, you know, and, and to connect the dots here today, in regards to the resurrection, what opponents of Christianity from all over the world have been trying to do for over 2000 years with Jesus is similar to me exp- trying to explain how a fish fell out of the out of the sky except it just doesn't work like the details don't add up you know they try people have tried to logically explain away the resurrection as something as ridiculous as a fish falling out of the sky I'm trying to prove that it did not happen uh, but it can't be done using sound reason you know as as many have said and i agree it takes way more faith to believe that the resurrection did not happen than to believe that it did. Now, I could give all sorts of reasons as to why, uh, but I'll just give you a few this morning. For one, I think it's fair to say that it's a historical fact that Jesus walked this earth and he died on the cross. Uh, that's not really a debated thing. Uh, and most arguments to try to say that Jesus never actually uh, existed and they didn't actually die on the cross, they don't really hold up like any, most good historians, uh, respectable historians would say they were just being silly. Uh, You know, even Jesus' most hated opponents, his most hated opponents uh, have confirmed in their own writings that uh, he died, uh, that he lived and he died. Now, let me give you a little insight here, okay? Uh, If you wanted to deny the deity of Jesus, the place to attack it is not in his life and death. The place to attack is, is in the resurrection. So we must ask, did Jesus rise from the dead or not? Again, there have been so many arguments that have come up trying to explain away the resurrection, trying to prove that it did not happen. Uh, there's dozens of them. Like, like, like maybe Jesus' body was stolen. Uh, and then Jesus had a twin brother and acted like Jesus and fooled all his disciples when he showed up after his death. You know, it kind of sounds like a fun murder mystery. But as soon as you start to look in the training uh, and the seriousness of the Roman guards and all that it entails, the likelihood of Jesus' body being stolen was very slim. And then you have to somehow explain how Jesus popped onto the scene after he died on the cross uh, and was, with, was witnessed by my massive crowds and disciples and, and over 500 others. And they believed it so much so uh, that many of them were willing to die for it. Uh, you know, some twin theory uh, doesn't seem very convincing. There's so many theories like this. We could go into it. Uh, we, could, we could go into and debate. I could debate until I'm blue in the face about how logical and rational Christianity is. You know, I've personally studied every major or most major world religions, spoken with devout followers of these religions. And in doing so, I've personally become more convinced that what the Bible says is true. Now, if you want to talk with me about this more later, I would love to sit down with any of you uh, over lunch or coffee or even have you over to my house for dinner. And we can sit down and we can talk all night long about the logical nature of Christianity if you want to. But in my studies and in my conversations with people from all different walks of life, do you know what keeps people from Jesus the most? It's not any logical reasoning or any sound arguments. It's typically the implications for a person's life for if it's true or if it's not. That's the catching point for most people. That's the hard part. There's typically some sort of fear of being under the bondage of a bunch of religious rules, regulations, and rituals. And that life just does not sound that appealing. And if that's you today, I hope that you'll pay attention because listen up, I've got incredible news for you. Because following Jesus is not about becoming a better person and obeying all the rules and rituals. Rather, following Jesus is understanding that we can't and I can't follow all the rules. And in turn, it's about believing and trusting in the only one who did. Now, as we'll see today, Jesus did not come to make us better and nicer and more polite people, although those are great things uh, and often a byproduct but that's not what Jesus came to do. That's not biblical Christianity. Jesus, Jesus did not come so that we would not drink or smoke or cuss or chew or date girls who do. No, Jesus came to do something far greater than that. And so I hope you'll listen up because I've got, like I said, I've got really good news. Because if what the Bible says is true, if Jesus rose from the grave like the Bible claims, the implications for those who believe in Jesus is without a doubt in my mind the most celebratory thing for any person on this planet that we could celebrate. And to say it a little differently, if what the Bible says is true, y'all, we should be hype, okay? We should be hype. If we really and truly believe in the resurrection and fully understand it and all that it entails, it will change our life. Let me tell you, following Jesus is the most exhilarating thing that could ever happen for every single person on this planet. Following Jesus is not just a check-the-box part of our life. No, if Jesus truly rose from the dead, it changes everything. Which leads us to our main idea for today. Super simple. Believe and celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Believe and celebrate Jesus' resurrection. If you do not believe this, my prayer is that by the end of today that you would believe it. If you do believe, then brothers and sisters, we should celebrate because the fact that Jesus is alive, it changes everything. And maybe there's some, of, there's some like me, uh, how I was for half of my life that said I believed, uh, but I didn't fully understand it, and I had gaps. I had blind spots in my faith. Because I thought believing in Jesus was all about rules and rituals, and what we do and what we don't do. But then I fully understand it that it's not. That's not what Jesus taught. And So I hope you'll pay attention today. That said, look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14. This is what it says. This is, this is God's word. This is what we stand on as a church. For The love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And if he died for all, then those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now, I'm going to stop here for several minutes, okay? Because in these two verses holds the most incredible truth on the planet. And I don't say that lightly. I know that's a bold statement. Like this is the major summary statement of the Bible. This is what the entire Bible points to. This is what it's all about. And what I'm about to tell you, if what I'm about to tell you is true, then every day we wake up, no matter our circumstances, we have a reason to celebrate. Our life-changing truth that we need to both believe and celebrate today that is confirmed and established by Jesus' resurrection is called the gospel, which literally means good news so I want to make sure you don't miss it. The Apostle Paul, the guy who's writing this letter of 2 Corinthians, uh, just said in verse 14, the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. And then he goes into this simple, life-changing good news we call the gospel. I want to read it again. Look what it says in verse 14. "The one has died for all, therefore all have died. The one he's talking about who died, that's Jesus Christ. So listen up. It's story time, okay? We're going to take, in the next few minutes, I want to explain the entire story of the Bible, okay? Okay, so over 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus, the Son of God, who was sent down to this earth, uh, he was sent down to this earth, and he was born as a baby. So Jesus, who was God, walking on this earth, he lived a perfect life, he never did anything wrong, which is why so many people thought he was such a good man and such a, a, a good teacher, because he seemed to know everything. But what's so important for us to not miss is that God sent Jesus down to earth for a specific reason. Jesus Christ was born with a purpose and for a purpose. And as our passage in 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, he was born to die. He was born to die for all, for the entire world. And the reason Jesus had to be sent to earth by God to be born, live a perfect life, and then die a criminal's death on a bloody cross was for a specific and global, worldwide, all-of-humanity problem that both you and I experience on a daily basis. We, know this, we all know this problem to be true. And it's that our world is broken. Our world is not the way it ought to be. I mean, in the entire Old Testament, before Jesus came to earth, in summary, it's showing how God is holy and humans are not. <laughs> and we need help. And this is not some uh, far-off religious thinking that happened way back then. No, we, we know the same thing to be true today. That not a single person on this planet that would look out, there's not a single person on our planet that would look out at our world and say, life is so easy. Like all the time, life is so easy. Because as we know, relationships are hard and difficult. Marriage and friendship and family life are hard at times. Work It's hard and difficult at times. School is hard and difficult at times. We've got sickness and death and emotional and mental health challenges all around us. I mean, we don't have to go very far to see that our world is broken. We just turn on the news or look at social media. You'll see real quick uh, that people are angry and sad and bitter and confused and greedy and hateful and prideful and lying and stealing and cheating. And the list goes on and on. And not only that, it's not only outside of us, out. Uh, out in the world, in others, it's also in our own very lives. It's in our family's lives. It's in our friends' lives. Every single one of us, we all have some sort of struggle inside of us. Nobody's perfect. No one's immune to this thing that we call sin or the effects of sin It causes the brokenness that we see out in our world. Simply put, sin is missing the mark, it's falling short of God's standards. Not only is our world broken and our own own lives full of struggle and difficulty, but this thing we called sin, it's the worst part of all. Our sin is what completely separates us from God. Separates us from the God who created us. God created us to know Him and to be with Him and to love Him and to have a relationship with Him. And yes, the brokenness of the world is tragic and it's hard and it's difficult Uh, and the difficulty in our own lives, it can seem like a lot. But the most tragic part of our broken world is that the sin inside of us keeps us away from God for all of eternity. And it's tragic. And God knew that it was tragic. And God grieved it. And he mourned it. Because listen, God created the world with you and me in mind. He knows you. He knows me. He knows our thoughts. He knows our struggles. And he knows our passions. And he wants to be with us and know us. And the tragedy of our sin that each of us have is that the God who so deeply loves us more than anyone could ever love someone. Because of our sin, our God can't be with us. And we're tragically separated from God forever. And because of this tragedy, God sent Jesus to rescue his people. God sent Jesus for the purpose of rescuing us, every single one of us, in this room, listening online, out into the world, to rescue us. So Jesus, when he was born, in essence, God was telling the world, our rescuer is here. The man who's going to save us from our sin is here. And the way in which Jesus rescues us, it started by living the life that you and I could not live. And so when Jesus walked this earth, unlike us, Jesus never sinned. Jesus never did any wrong. Jesus perfectly followed all the rules. How did he do it? Because he's God. Jesus, living the life that we could not live, was the first step in God's plan. We couldn't do that, and so Jesus did it. But yet the problem that needed to be solved was that the sin of the entire world needed to be dealt with and put away because a perfect and holy God cannot excuse the sin that he hates. God cannot be in the presence of our sin. In fact, the Bible says that the penalty of our sin is death. So that lie and that anger and that pride and those lustful thoughts, whatever it is, we all have them in our life. As we've said, they keep us from God, and we need to get rid of them, like all of them, in the past, in the present, and in the future. But the problem is, we can't do it. There's nothing that we can do to pay for the penalty of our sin, which is where we often think being a Christian often stops. We often stop here, which, is, which again is why God sent Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect and holy life and never sinned, sinned, And then Jesus went to the cross to die a bloody, horrific death on the cross in our place. Jesus died on the cross instead of you and me. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. Instead of you and me experiencing eternal death for our sins, Jesus, God's son, whom he loved dearly, was sacrificed in our place. Jesus died on the cross for our sins that we committed. We couldn't and can't live, we cannot live a perfect life. And so Jesus did it for us. We couldn't and can't follow all the rules. And so Jesus did it for us. We couldn't and we can't pay the penalty for our own sins. And so Jesus did it for us. Jesus died on the cross to rescue us. And the reason Easter is such an incredible celebration is because Jesus did not stay dead. No, Jesus rose from the grave and appeared to his disciples and 500 others and spoke to them and spent time with them. New City Church, happy Resurrection Day. Because Jesus is not dead. No, Jesus is alive. Because listen, if Jesus stayed dead, that would mean that he was not God, but rather merely just a man. And if Jesus was not God, he could not have been without sin, and he would still, we would still be considered guilty of our sin. And not only that, if Jesus was not God and did not rise from the dead, then this world is the best that there is. But if Jesus rose from the dead, then the implications of that are astounding. For all those who believe in Jesus and all that he did, then our sins are forgiven, and God is alive and active for us to know him. And we have a hope today, right now, that God is with us. And we have a future hope, knowing that the best is yet to come. Brothers and sisters, this is good news. But listen, there's more. Look what Paul said in verse 15. He said, He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus died and rose from the grave, not only to take away our sins and to show that he's still with us, But Jesus died and rose from the grave, and he gave us a purpose. You know, another part of this story of Christianity that is often missed is the purpose that is given to us. It's often thought that Jesus died on the cross. Uh, My sins are paid for, and so I'm good, and so I'm going to go about my life. But let me say that's completely missing it. Christianity is not some sort of fire insurance. It's way more than that. Because if Jesus rose from the grave and we understand, uh, and if we understand it and believe it rightly, it changes our direction and it gives us a new purpose. We no longer have to live for ourselves. We live for the one who rescued us. That's why he rescued us, so that we could be with him and follow him. God did not create us to live for ourselves. That was not how he designed us, but rather he designed us and made us to live following him to live following Jesus. I mean, I think this makes logical sense because if Jesus was God and he died on the cross to take away our sins and he's still alive and with us uh, and we really truly believe that, why would we not follow him? Like Jesus is either alive or he's not. And if he's alive and with us, helping us and directing us, then we should follow him and listen to him and seek to learn more about him. If Jesus is alive, then we should live for him and not ourselves, because he knows all things. He sees all things. He holds all things. God's resurrecting power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, what comes with the fact that Jesus is alive and with us, that power provides a source of peace and joy and love and patience and kindness. When everything around us is crumbling, you know who will never leave us or forsake us? Jesus Christ. Jesus died and rose from the grave to give us a purpose. There's so much more to this purpose we could talk about. I can't cover it all today. You'll have to come back for that. And look what Paul says next in verse 16. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. To rephrase this, this simply means Jesus is not of this world. And when we live for Jesus, we live for something way bigger than us. Again, kind of getting at that idea of purpose. Look what he says next in verse 17. This is, again, this is such good news. Look what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is incredible. Because Jesus died and rose from the grave. And when we believe in Jesus and all that he did, we are made new. God sees us as a new creation. We're not just saved and rescued from our sin. We're an entirely new creation. We're not just rescued and left and battered and bruised in a wounded state. No, Jesus takes us. And in his love and mercy and kindness and gentleness, he rescues us. And Jesus Completely renews us. And for those who place faith in Jesus, because of the power of the resurrection, our old life is completely gone. It's wiped completely clean. And Jesus and God, they give us a new life. When we say yes to Jesus every single day, we get a clean slate, a brand new, fresh start. This is astounding. This is good news. This is the gospel. Believing in Jesus Christ in him alone wipes clean our old life and gives us a new life. It's not being a better person or a polite person or following all the rules and rituals correctly. It's believing in Jesus alone that makes us brand new. That's it. Believing in Jesus alone. Hear this today. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how you've lived ever in your entire life, When you trust in Jesus Christ, he says, out with the old and in with the new. Not because of what you do or what you don't do, but because of what Jesus has done. By believing in Jesus and his finished work on the cross, you're made completely and entirely clean. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You're made completely and entirely new. You're a brand new creation. You're not a better version of you. No, you're a completely new version of you. You know, we often think of Christianity like someone who just bought an old used car uh, that needs a lot of fixing and tinkering and cleaning. (laughs) Uh, You know, I had an old 4Runner for about 16 years. It was great. I loved that 4Runner. Uh, And a few months ago, the engine finally gave out and I had to get a new car. And so I really stepped up my game. I went from a 2000 Toyota 4Runner to a 2002 Toyota Tacoma. I've always wanted a truck, so I got a truck. It was an older truck, had, you know, had quite a few miles on it for a Toyota. Uh, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a lot of miles for a Toyota. You know what? My wife, Kelly, she's never really loved the truck. Uh, you know, She's thankful for it, but she's also not super excited about it every time she gets in it. There are a few you know, minor cosmetic problems, like uh, the AC uh, has some minor problems. You know, kind of rattles a little bit. Uh, the music isn't great. I've got the tape deck, you know. Uh, with the cord to the iPhone adapter to the iPhone. Uh, and you know, the, the back, ar- the back uh, inside of the armrest pops off every time my kids try to shut the door, so I have to help them because they can never shut it. You know, it's lots of fun. Uh, with a few other minor things, but it, it works for me. It, it does the trick. Well, with about uh, three months of having this truck, the door handle on the passenger side broke, like it just kind of dangled there. <laughs> uh, so you couldn't, you, you, you could only open the door from the inside of the truck. Every time Kelly, my wife, got into the car, I had to open the door for her. Like, it was super romantic, right? Uh, But it was just from the inside of the the truck and not the outside. I kind of had to shove it open. for (laughs) And about two weeks later, the same thing happened to the driver's side. Uh, And so for about four or five weeks before I finally got it fixed, every time I got in my car, I had to open it from the back door. Like, I had to shove my arm through the front seat and pop the door open from the inside. Like it, it was a little dangerous parking next to people. I kind of got good at it after a while, but uh, well, I finally got my car fixed. And after I got it fixed, uh, Kelly got in the truck and I said, well, what do you think? <laughs> it's better, isn't it? And she looked at me and was like, Eric, it's the same old grungy truck. But the AC still rattles, the tape deck is still there, and it's almost 20 years old. No matter how much I try to fix up my truck, uh, like maybe spray some air freshener in there, get the AC to stop rattling, uh, swap out the tape deck for a better sound system. The truck is still an old truck. And when we think of Christianity, the thought that often comes to mind is just like uh, me and my truck for my wife, we think, I need to fix up my life. And then, and then maybe God will approve. And so we try to fix a few things. Or maybe we ignore a few things, kind of like the rattling AC uh, and hope that the good in our life will outweigh the bad maybe thinking i'm a better i'm making myself better over here so these other things maybe i can ignore but as we know <laughs> it just doesn't work things things in cars like we know from cars they keep breaking especially in the old ones <laughs> and as much as we try fixing up our life for god it just won't work but what we see from the Bible today, from what comes out of the resurrection, when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, it, was a de- it wasn't a declaration to patch up our existing life, it co- to come and make us better people, to make us better rule followers. No, Jesus dying on the cross and being raised from the dead was a declaration that our old life has been uh, put away and he freely gives us a new life. We're considered a new creation. Jesus didn't come to make us better. He came to make us new. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And when we believe in him, we're made new every single day. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is alive. The resurrection was a one-time event that declared an ongoing everyday reality. Every single day we wake up as followers of Christ. Every waking hour of every day, God considers us brand new, completely clean and new creations every waking hour we're like a brand new truck uh, that doesn't lose its value as soon as it drives off the lot we're always deemed brand new all the time i want you to see and understand how this completely changes everything because being a christian is not trying to keep a bunch of rules and rituals being a christian is not about doing what's right and wrong no not at all being a Christian is trusting and believing and following the only one who perfectly kept all the rules and always did right. And his name is Jesus Christ. Christianity is not about rituals and rules. It's about Jesus Christ. We couldn't do it. And so Jesus did it for us. And we say that we're made new when we're considered a new creation. God doesn't look at us and see our record of wrong. No. God looks at us and sees Jesus' record of wrong. <laughs> and you know what's there? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Christians celebrate that today. Because today, right now, you are a new creation. Jesus rose from the dead to make us new. And then Paul says in verses 18 and 19, he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We see that word reconciled and reconciling and reconciliation a few times there. What all this means more plainly is that God brings us back to himself. I think we get this. When two people reconcile in a relationship, they work through their differences and they kind of come back together, they're reconciled. And so, with us and God, our sin separated us from God. Our relationship with God was messed up. And God sent Jesus to the cross to take away our sin, to be raised from the dead. And then, when we believe in Jesus, as we've said, God makes us a new creation, thus fixing our problem. And then we're able to be reconciled back to God, into a relationship with God. And as the Bible just told us, our sins are no longer counted against us. And then he uses us as broken people who God has rescued to then be used by God for God to help rescue other people. What Paul says next in verse 20, it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And so, if we believe in Jesus, we are therefore also his ambassadors, which means we represent Jesus to the world. Jesus' resurrection is a celebration, but it's a celebration that comes with a task and a mission to get others to celebrate with us. And so, I want to close out our time today doing just as Paul said. If, if the Bible is true, and, and if I'm Jesus' ambassador, like the Bible calls me, just like the rest of you who follow Jesus, I wouldn't be doing my job today if I didn't implore each of you, as Paul said, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Listen to me. If you have not put your faith in Jesus, if you are not a Christian here today, maybe in this room or maybe watching online or maybe listening later, I want to implore you and plead with you, be reconciled to God. To believe in your heart that Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and he rose from the grave so that we could be with him forever. I want to implore with you and plead with you and beg with you to believe this truth. Because the God who created the world, he made you, he loves you, and he wants to be with you. Listen to me, listen to me. If you have not yet come to Jesus and trusted to him, Please, come to Jesus, believe in him, trust him with your life. Or Maybe you've always considered yourself to be a Christian, but you thought it was about keeping a bunch of rules and rituals, and maybe today it clicked for the first time. You know, I was in church for 16 years, and I finally heard the gospel and it clicked. It has nothing to do with what I do, but it has everything to do with what Jesus has done at the cross. I want to implore you also, believe in Jesus today, not in yourself, not in your good works. Believe in Jesus alone. Listen to this incredible truth in verse 21. This is what Paul said, believe this today. For our sake, he made him, that being Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is an incredible news to believe. God, for our sake, made His Son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, He never sinned, to be sin, to take on our sin, so that when we believe in Jesus, we become the righteousness of God. We are made new. We're a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This is such good news. And when we believe in Jesus, we go from wicked and rebellious to God's beloved children. We go from sinful and dirty to righteous and clean. He takes us as a hot mess, and he makes us into his wonderful masterpiece. God takes orphans and rebels, us, and he brings them into his house to be with him forever. And then in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, this is what Paul says. Working together with them. Then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listen to you. And in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, I can't implore you and beg you enough. Trust in Christ. If you do not know Jesus, if you have not placed faith in Jesus Christ, God right now, he is pleading with you. God is pleading with you. All the angels in heaven right now are pleading with you to trust in Christ, to be reconciled back to God. Just as Paul said in verse one, do not receive the grace of God in vain. You have heard the grace of God today. You have heard this message of grace and do not let it pass by you. Do not reject this message. Don't say maybe tomorrow or maybe the next day. No, trust in Jesus Christ right now on Easter Sunday today. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Just as Paul said in verse two, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Listen, I don't know who you are. I don't know who God is calling to himself, but I believe deep down in my heart that right now God is calling people to himself in our midst, maybe even watching or listening online. Again, it's not Jesus plus being a better person or following a list of rules and rituals. It's believing in Jesus alone that rescues us. And so it's simple. Trusting in Jesus is so simple. Romans 10.9 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's rose from the dead that's all you have to believe to believe in Jesus Christ that he, wrote, he died on the cross and he rose from the dead and then you tell someone If you weren't sure before and you're sure now tell someone come and talk to me maybe during the song talk to a friend who, who brought you go, to, go outside and talk to someone on our next, next, next steps table but tell someone or maybe today you've walked away from your faith and right now God is calling you back to himself would you just say God I trust you God, I trust you, and then tell someone. We want you to tell someone because we want, we want to walk this journey with you and we want to celebrate with you. And if today you place your faith in Jesus Christ, again, I plead with you, tell someone. Because for over 2,000 years, since Jesus rose from the dead, God has been calling people to himself. Millions and millions of people for centuries and centuries have professed faith and then told others about it. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus is alive and he is living and active. How how cool is this? I don't have a doubt in my mind that today, maybe even right now, thousands of people all over the world will place their faith in Jesus Christ today. And just maybe you're one of those people. Would you tell someone about it? And can we celebrate with you? Because in two weeks, On April 18th, we'll be baptizing those who profess faith. It's going to be a great time. So would you come back and celebrate again with us? And just maybe God is calling you into the waters of baptism to proclaim to the world that you've been made new. And for everyone else who believes that Jesus rose from the dead and believe that Jesus is living and active, praise God. Because Jesus is alive. Amen. Let's celebrate the resurrection today. Let's pray. God, today is the day of salvation. God, I pray that people in our midst, maybe watching online, that you would call them to yourself. God, you are calling. You, thousands of angels are pleading and begging. People all over the world have been praying for people today to trust in Christ. So, Father, we pray that we would be able to celebrate that new life. God, you're out with the old and in with the new, and it's by trusting in Jesus alone. God, would you save? We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.